Wow. You kind of just kind of tapped on um, child pornography even, right? Um, Because I heard you make um, a a specification. a specification regarding if the person is 18 years old or older. And so um, I know that there are students, um, maybe, I I hope they're not TA tigers, but (laughs) I do know that students are students. Young people are young people, right? And that sometimes young people will send pictures of themselves um, more than just a, uh, a quick selfie, but that that selfie might even involve body parts, their breasts or their penis or a vagina, right? And so mm-hmm. that sometimes mm-hmm. when that picture is sent to a friend or um, their boyfriend or their girlfriend, um, they may be 13, 14, yeah, that's right. 15. So... Can you talk to us a little bit about um, cyber child pornography, um, or maybe it's not even called cyber pornography, but just child pornography and the sharing of photographs um, and and what that looks like? Is it is it real? Like if I'm 15 years old and I send my friend a pic, and then my friend sends that same pic to someone else who's regardless of age. Um, it, is that child porn or is that just sexting? That actually is child pornography. That's a felony because now you have not, you're not just possessing it. You have sent it on, which is distributing it. It's a felony in Maryland. It's a serious crime. So let's unpack that for a minute because I recognize that we as human beings make mistakes or make bad decisions, or it seems like a good decision at the time. Um, but, and as, and as young people, sometimes we're not thinking this through. And I will say that as older people, sometimes we don't think these through. So if there's one thing that I could pass along today, it's to really develop critical thinking skills. So let's unpack sexting. Um, You know, that became a term in 2005, this phenomena that people were doing it. Adults were doing it. And I think children were mirroring what they saw adults doing. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, I was just checking some sites uh, in preparation for this in terms of research, not sexting sites, but research on what sexting is, because I put a presentation together now almost 10 years ago, and I wanted to see what had changed. And, and you know, March and August of this year, you know, there are articles about the best way to sext. And I'm thinking this is, you know, this, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, and this, this was adult behavior. So I started looking at some of the statistics that I'd put in this presentation, um, in 2011 and the statistics haven't changed much you know there is uh an overwhelming i think uh most recently it's like 23 percent of teen girls felt or feel pressured by friends to send sexually explicit texts or photographs sexting 24 percent were were uh 
young men, um, there were percentages like, um, uh, let me let me see here. Um, the percentage of teenagers who have sent or posted nude or semi-nude pictures or photos of themselves was 20% of teens overall. This was my um, 2011 stats, but it hasn't changed much. 22% of teen girls and 18% of teen boys. So girls seem to be leading at that point. Um, and 11% of those were teen girls aged 13 to 16. So what we're finding is things haven't really changed. If they're 23 to 24% feel pressure, that doesn't say that that's how many that actually do it. Um, so my point is, is that things haven't changed. So we need to be on our guard. Now, if we know that there's a high percentage of people that do this, and we know that people do it for different reasons. We know from studies or surveys that young people do it either because they're trying to be flirty, they don't see what's, you know, what the harm is. We know that young people do it when they're in a relationship and they think this will either enhance the relationship or they feel pressure to do it. Um, some do it for a joke. Some do it because there's low self-esteem. They have body shaming issues and they, they, this is a way to express it or, or not express it, uh, you know, whatever that side is. Um, and so there are a myriad of ways, depression, wanting to belong. The problem is, is if you're sending it to somebody that you think you trust, right? So if it's in a relationship and this is, you know, this is the person that you love, or you think this is the person that respects you and you respect them. At some point, um, things change. And not that you can't trust that person for the rest of your life, but what we see is that quite often that gets shared. So people share it to either, either prove that, uh, look, uh, you know, beat your chest, I'm in a relationship and look what he or she sent me. Um, and it's something that is not a secret. We know this. All right. Let's also talk about, and then I'll get back to it. Let's talk about sort of our Snapchat and some of these other things online that promise that, oh, you know, your images, uh, you know, they, they disappear after however much time. Really? Do you believe that? Do you believe that they're not keeping that? You have to ask yourself critical thinking skills. Why would you trust some, some site or something that you don't know? So, you know, I think a rule of thumb, one, in life in general, this applies across the board and to sexting. You should never tell somebody anything that you don't want the whole world to know, unless it is somebody that is trusted and true in terms of friend, friendship. There is a bond, and you know what trusted and true is. You know, it's not just somebody you've known for a month or two, right? It's not this accepting 6,000 friends because that shows how popular you are. And that's a whole nother discussion. Um, so, okay, so that's that's one side. So, so you send a picture that sexually provocative or very sexually explicit to somebody that you believe you can trust. The minute you take that picture and it's on your phone, you are now in possession of child porn. 
if you're under 18. The law doesn't say, now remember, I've been at this job now for 22 months and my last eight years at the state's attorney's office, I dealt mainly with human trafficking and community issues. I was a community prosecutor after I left the child abuse sexual assault unit. Um, so there was about a year overlap uh, with, with my duties. But um, so when you take that picture, the law doesn't differentiate whether it's your phone or someone else's phone. The law says possessing child pornography is against the law. So there you go. You've broken the law by just taking a picture of yourself if you're under 18. Now, the minute you hit send to that special boo, you are now committing a felony because you have sent it along and it's distributed. And when your boo-boo who loves, who says he loves you or she loves you desperately, then wants to brag and sends it on to somebody else, they now have committed a felony. Let's say they don't send it on, but they're like showing it. They still are possessing it. Let's say that you um, that you are concerned that you have seen it and you're like, send it to me because I want to show somebody. As soon as you receive it, you are now also. So just a sidetrack on this journey. I want to say that if you learn of it or, or hear of it, a child or an adult, you should never, ever pass it on. Don't either you know, go to an adult, hopefully that adult understands that they should not investigate, you should not investigate. This is a matter for people who know what they're doing, whether it's law enforcement or whoever. So every time that you pass or hit send or show, you are now victimizing that person from the beginning. Even if consent, they took it, they took their own picture, it goes way beyond that. So those are sort of some of the immediate. So yes, so that becomes child pornography and child pornography. Then if there's a conviction for child pornography, a person, uh, there's, there's red sex registry, sex registry, there's sex registry for teens. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is something that you don't want to play with just, you know, on, on, on a scale from the criminal justice perspective. We're not even talking about the personal scale and we'll get there in a moment. So it opens up doors. You're making decisions that you're not understanding the full consequence. Now, that picture gets out there. You sent it to somebody who you trust who then sends it on. That picture is forever out there, bouncing around in cyberspace for the entire world to see. Now what? You have no control over when it pops up, where it pops up, whether now you have finished medical school and you're interviewing for that residency that you absolutely want and that picture pops up and you lose that chance because either it shows poor judgment or that institution doesn't want to be associated with somebody. With I'm not saying it'll happen, right? But I'm saying the possibility is there to get you know jobs taken away. Imagine at 75 or 80, your grandchildren come upon those pictures. What I'm saying is it's just not good. So rule of thumb, don't share something on cyberspace that you don't care the entire world sees. Because as soon as you hit send, that's the possibility that it could happen. Let's talk about two other things. Consequences 
you know, there are studies, and I'm sure you know, that um, bullying can happen as a result. And bullying, we know, can have tragic outcomes to include depression, dropping out of school, and suicide. And so who would want to be a party to that, even if you yourself didn't directly bully or harass that person? The fact that you passed it on or shared it, you become part of that victimization. You become part of that bullying. You become part of contributing to somebody. If you know somebody that has done this, don't ostracize them. Be compassionate. If you're somebody that has already done this, just don't do it again. Don't you know, obsess about it. Don't become depressed because you've done it, but think of ways to help the other person not do it and pray, you know, and pray. Now I want to talk about something that we don't talk about a lot because associated with sexting and texting is pornography, right? And um, I'll just, two very quick things. There are studies that show what pornography does to the brain that it alters the brain. It can have profound and lasting changes in the brain. And when you talk about pornography, when you talk about pornography and you talk about sexting, um, addictions can arise with sexting. Sexting addition, ad addiction, sexting or, or pornography addictions. And the only thing I want to leave with you to remember is that your brain can be profoundly altered if you start to journey down the road of pornography, like I said, which is associated, it has an association. Um, and just the overview that, that sort of repeated exposure to this leads to unnaturally high levels of dopamine secretion. And then that damages the dopamine reward system that leaves you unresponsive to other things, right? So it desensitizes your reward cir uh, circuitry. Um, so it just sets the stage for lots of things uh, to include depression, anxiety, and again, just changing the, 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 your brain composition. So that's just a warning. How was that for dark and gloom? I don't mean to be, but it is very serious. No, it's very serious. And, you know, to be honest with you, it, it's not dark. It's, it's shedding a light. It's shining yeah. a light. You're right. You're right. Where... Um, many young people and older folks have experienced and um we we have to do that we have to um shine that light in the places where darkness may have been so i really really appreciate it 